Hey Bears fans, welcome once again to another episode of Bears Cat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're here to go ahead and review what's going to happen. We know all the answers. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> uh, we might know some. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be our last episode before the draft. Woohoo! I've had a lot of fun the last couple weeks. Thanks again to Chris and Toby for lending some of their expertise to this show. And thank you, thank you. They taught me some things, so really enjoyed having them on. Uh, we've had a lot of information to digest over the last month. Uh, I think a lot of Bears fans have spent a lot of time reviewing this draft, and I think a lot of people are very excited. And there's a lot of different ways that I think this can go, both from the Bears' perspective or just the, the broader NFL. So what we're going to do on this episode is Tom and I are going to take a stab at doing our own mock draft. I think that we both have some thoughts about how this might shake out, and chances are it's going to be completely wrong. But <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot anyway. So this is what we think is going to happen, not necessarily what we think should happen. But this is our prediction for how at least the first nine picks of the draft are going to shake out, leading up to the Bears. Right. So I think we'll just get started. Pick number one. Uh, it seems like. Seems like this is an easy one. Everybody seems pretty confident that this is going to be Bryce Young. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I still think that uh, the intangibles, um, the accuracy level, the overall uh, poise and view of the field, uh, those things that you can't necessarily coach, uh, he, he certainly has a mastery of them. How it's going to translate to the NFL, you can't say at this point. But it's sure a good place to start. Yeah, I think so. It seems like he's the best quarterback in the draft. He was really successful at Alabama. So the size is the big question mark, but it makes sense. If you're going to trade all your resources to, to move up from number nine, then Bryce Young is the best prospect in this draft. So Well, and if, you know, we can look at it from the aspect of if Poles was picking at one, um, if last year went the way it went and we didn't have fields or they, you know, we had no confidence in fields, I, that's who I'd want him to pick. I, I, I would be in the Bryce Young boat. I, I think you're right. And unfortunately, because I really like Bryce Young, we have to root against him next year because <laughs> it's in the Bears' interest for the Panthers to be as bad as possible. But, I mean, that's seems like the day one starter down there that yeah. seems like the guy that's most ready to come into the nfl and lead an offense an nfl offense from day one because that's basically what he was doing at alabama and he did it quite well against uh the best competition you can play in in college in the sec so i i think that is what everybody thought was likely to happen and just when you hear all the latest rumors and you see where all the gambling sites have it it, it seems like the consensus is that the number one pick will be Bryce Young. So then if we move into number two, this is where it gets really interesting because all of the noise is that the Texans don't want to draft a quarterback here. It's very loud buzz. And that typically is, is coming from somewhere. Um, CJ Stroud is just, there's a lot of negativity around him right now, just based on some of the pre-draft analysis. Now there's that, cognition test that everybody said Justin Fields kind of scored off the charts and apparently Stroud's performance on that was really low and just in general this happens from time to time where guys just start to fall and maybe teams are overthinking it or who knows what the reason is but 
all of the rumors have been over the last couple of weeks that C.J. Stroud is not who the Texans are interested in at number two, which begs the question, do you think they'll keep that pick or do you think they're going to look to trade down? Well, um, number one, uh, I think they are in the position that they need to take a quarterback. Uh, you know, the, one of the things that we've talked about on the show multiple times is how nice it is this year that we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. You and I are both big fans of Fields, and we both think that he's going to do well. And I think overall, Bears Nation as a whole is very hopeful and, and confident in him. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of naysayers, right? And they, they could turn out to be right. But I know one thing. I know that I'm in the camp that right now, I don't want them to draft a quarterback. I want all the marbles in on this kid, right. right? And being in that position as a Bears fan, wow, that's few and far between, right? That we've that we've got to enjoy that. Houston can go ahead and measure this out however they want, but if they think Davis Mills is the guy, I think they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can you can look at it however you want. Uh, that guy has written career backup written all over him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you're going to rebuild the organization, which whether they want to or not, they're going to have to if they want to be uh, if they want to be a competent football team. I mean, if, if they don't take a quarterback this year, then they're signing up for a third consecutive year of being just exactly awful. exactly. And they'll just be back at the top of the draft next year looking at one of those quarterbacks. I mean, you could do that forever. And when it comes right down to it is you do, no matter how hard you study all of this stuff, there is a roll of the dice every single time. And and the quarterbacks next year look good. Uh, Caleb Williams, everyone thinks he'll be the number one pick next year. But I don't think the Texans, and this is going to sound kind of silly, but I don't necessarily think that they're bad enough to be picking like in the top three next year. Like if they don't draft a quarterback, they'll be in the top ten for sure. But yeah, but no, that's legitimate. They, who knows what happens? And there's there's other teams that are worse than them. I mean, the Texans probably could have had a couple more wins last year. And by the way, they were coached by Lovey Smith, who <laughs> every everybody knew was was kind of a lame duck space filler. And they, he got fired, and they got the coach that I think they actually want, which is D'Amico Ryan. So. I wouldn't be shocked if they win five, six games next year, which is going to take them out of the running to draft one of the elite quarterback prospects. I don't know, though. I I just can kind of also see the perspective of they just hired a defensive coach. If you're not a believer in in Stroud, like this is your only shot at at a quarterback, right? You, you, You typically, if you draft a quarterback in the top five and he flames out, you don't get a second stab at that unless you're Ryan Pace. Which he did. And yeah, and it, it didn't last him very long. He got to pick a quarterback, and then he got fired the next year. But I, I just kind of could see them just going with the defensive player here. And I don't really know when you take a quarterback in that scenario, but it, it doesn't seem like they want Stroud, and it doesn't seem like they want any of uh, the other uh, guys either. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they just went and took Will Anderson and just said that we're going to build around our defense because we hired D'Amico Ryans and 
we're going to give Davis Mills another shot, and then we'll we'll try to figure out quarterback somewhere else, whether that's a trade for Trey Lance or just hoping that the hoping that this year shakes out where they end up in a position to take one next year. I don't know. I, I kind of could just see that they go with Will Anderson and say that they want the best pass rusher in the draft. Uh, agreed. Uh, I could also see him going, like you said, they just hired a defensive coach. Uh, you know, okay, well, we're not going to take the quarterback on the offensive side of the ball. Let's take the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball. In my opinion, the, the quarterback on the defensive side of the ball is your pass rusher, your primary pass rusher. Not because he doesn't call, not be, it has nothing to do with play calling. It's because he is the most valuable player. That's the guy who drives the, who drives the entire engine on the defense. The most successful teams always have great pass rush. And if you look at the Kansas City Chiefs of last year, they had great pass rush. They had good outside pass rush and good inside pass rush. Yeah. So, you know, now, did they have the very top? No, but they had consistent throughout the whole year, right? And and uh, and same with Philadelphia, you know. So you, you've got to, the Bears. That's one of the things that they have to still work on is they have to figure out who that quarterback is on, on, on the line, on the defensive line, that is going to be the guy in the, in the quarterback's face. Uh, you know, on every other play, and that's that's a journey that they're still on. Well, you know, the Texans can go ahead and try and address that with Will Anderson, or, or you know, maybe they want Tyrese Wilson, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or, or maybe they want Jalen Carter. Yeah. Who who knows? Uh, all I'm saying is is that for to me, they're making a mistake um, if they if they pass on quarterback. Stroud is getting the exact same criticisms that that Justin Fields got. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was looking at some of the reviews of Fields when that happened, and you know, I mean, those all those same reviewers are the ones that are like, "Yeah, if the draft was now, I, you know, I'm taking Justin Fields the second quarterback. I'm taking him number two overall to the Jets, right? Who?" for some reason, decided to take Zach Wilson, <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, there is some, there, there's some prejudice against, uh, against Ohio state quarterbacks. That's been there for a long time. We all know that. I, I think this is some of that, but you look at the kids numbers, right? 830 attempts over two seasons. And he has a 69% completion percentage over 8,000 passing yards. He threw for 85 touchdowns. Yeah. So, Went you know, to the college football playoff twice. I mean, you know, to me, that's as good as it, just about as good as it gets. If you're hoping to draft Andrew Luck, wait a decade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what you're going to do. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen. Uh, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, I certainly could see him maybe trade down one pick and then take the defensive guy that they want. Um, but I, I think that they should stick with Stroud. So... In in the in our mock, are we going Anderson? Or are we going Stroud? Uh, I went Stroud. Okay, so we're gonna put Stroud at two. Yep. Okay. So Panthers took Bryce Young. Texans got C.J. Stroud. Now the Cardinals are up next, and I kind of have a bit of a hot take on this one because the Cardinals they have a quarterback. He's not gonna play next year, which is a bit of a problem, but. 
they just tired, so so they're not in the market for either Richardson or Levis, who would be the the next two remaining quarterbacks. Right. Um, I don't necessarily think that anybody's going to trade up with them to get either of those guys. Maybe I'm wrong there, but I, I think if Stroud goes at two, then the Cardinals are probably taking this pick at three because I don't think anybody's going to sell the farm to to trade up to three for Levis or Anderson. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't think that's going to happen. So I think the Cardinals here, they basically need to rebuild their defense from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> and and they just hired the Eagles defensive coordinator as their head coach. And I think if you're going to build up a defense, the place to start is three technique. Mm-hmm. And I would not be surprised at all if Jonathan Gannon looks at that defense and says, I basically have nothing to work with here. I want to start from the inside out and I want to go and draft Jalen Carter. I could certainly see that. Um, I kind of was flipping a coin. I definitely agree with you on the defensive uh, face of it. Um, I'd be really shocked if they went offense at at three. And and that's whether they decide that, it's like you said, it's going to be a steep price to pay to even move up a little bit on that uh, because it's the number three overall pick. Uh, So I, I, I think it makes the most sense for them to stay where they are and, like you said, take one of the the primary uh, blue chippers there, uh, Jalen Carter. Of course, Will Anderson is getting associated a lot with them too. Yeah. I mean, every, in my opinion, either one of them is a, is a good choice. Every mock I've seen has the Cardinals taking Will Anderson. Yeah, I mean, and you know, if they switched it up and, and went Jalen Carter, I don't think anybody would be shocked. Um, you know, they're they, they both for a, a long time have been ranked number one and number two as the yeah. best defensive players. In the league, they both play keep spots. They both can get after the quarterback, um, which, you know, that's that's what you got to see. And it's like you said, uh, Arizona has to do something about pass rush. They have to do something about I mean, rebuilding the their defense. Their defense is brutal. It's, and and the, like you said, it's from Philadelphia. He knows what it's like to have a pass rush. <laughs> so he's probably like... He's probably like, yeah, we got to do something about that. Yeah, and I mean, he, you just look at how they built that defense in Philly. They had Fletcher Cox, and then recently they had uh, Hargraves, and they also have some some good rushers on the edge too. But they have nothing on the defensive line in Arizona right now, and I just think that if you're running the four three, I, I think that it's harder to find the edge rusher compared to the three technique. And Jalen Carter is an elite talent at three technique, so. Even though every mock draft I've seen has Carter falling further than this, and I haven't seen anybody mocking him to the Cardinals, that's just what I think makes sense, and I, I could see them doing that. And may, maybe I'm just overlooking something because if nobody else has this, then I'm not going to be the guy to to figure <laughs> to figure it out. But that, that that's just what I would do if if I was trying to build up that defense. Because if you're not going quarterback, like you said, I don't know that there's anybody on offense that I would take here. And I just think that Jalen Carter is the best defensive player in the draft. I think he, he fits the scheme that they're going to want to run. And I, I think that if you're going to try to build a defense kind of from step zero, I think that's the perfect position to start. So that, that's where I would go at three. I, I don't know if that's what you – you want to pencil that in in our mock? Sure, we can. All right. Uh, I, I mean, I, I went Will Anderson, but like I said, it's splitting hairs. Yeah. It, any team that takes either one of those guys, I think, is going to be pretty happy. Yeah. Either one of those guys can be a serious 
change in your overall defensive scheme because that's what they do. They stop people behind the line, and they both do a good job of getting to the quarterback. And it, when it comes to that, um, you know, as, as Bears fans, we we gotta we gotta wonder what's going to happen with that yet. I mean, the the pieces that we got in the offseason, yeah, they're nice little rotational pieces, but nobody's fooling us and saying, oh, those guys are going to be the difference. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> you know, they they might take us from 32nd in the in the league in sacks to 31st, but I mean, it's not going to be that big of a change. I mean, change. I hope that Will Anderson, or I hope they go Will Anderson here, because I, I would like to see Jalen Carter. <laughs> Maybe Carter will get down will there. Will fall to the Bears, but I don't know. I mean, so... Which, which which direction do you want to go? Do you want to just go Anderson, just because that's what everybody has? We can go with Anderson, because right. that's what everybody has. So but. Anderson at three. So now, what do you think the Colts are doing at four? So I I went ahead and I went with Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Um, I was actually, this is another one I was kind of split on, um, because I if they ignore the quarterback position, they're just total idiots. <laughs> you and know who I, the first quarterback on their depth chart is right now? No. Gardner Minshew. <laughs> <laughs> Again, no, I don't know who their best score But, um, you know, uh, does he still have his mustache? I'm his, sure. His, I'm his sh- porn stash? I'm sure he does. Um, so, you know, I, I was trying to decide between the two because, of course, Levis has been attached to this for, for quite a while. Um, I'm going Richardson because I I think that uh, Acorsi is going to look at the pure athleticism uh, and 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 want to take the most advantage of that. I personally believe that Richardson has more upside than Levis does. I think so. Yeah, and <laughs> the Will the Will Levis is, is it's, it's just kind of hilarious to me. It's just like was he was he good in college? Well, not really. Not really. <laughs> does, does anybody think he's going to be really good in the pros? Like, no, no, not really. So, so where's he going to get drafted? Oh, top ten. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's just big and strong, yeah. and he has a strong arm. I mean, he's, he's someone will talk themselves into it because, like you said, he's got the talent. But gosh, it's so interesting if you're the Colts because I don't think anybody thinks Richardson is is ready to play yet in the NFL. Like everyone says, he's going to need a year. Yeah, and so like. If you're drafting someone that's going to need a year anyway, like that team, if they're going into the year with Gardner Minshew or Sam Ellinger, yeah, like that, they could just be the worst team in the league anyway. <laughs> yeah. So if you if you're thinking that that might happen, why wouldn't you just wait and draft Caleb Williams next year? Sure, who's a better prospect, but also that's signing up for what we just went through as Bears fans, which yeah. is like a two win season. Yep, and that's no fun. And Chris Ballard's been there a long time, and maybe he doesn't survive that. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's likely they do go quarterback. I, I think their hope would probably be that Stroud falls to them, or at least that the Texans pass on him, and then maybe the Colts can trade with the Cardinals and, and go get him. But I just think that when you look at their roster and you just think about the timeline for the general manager and the fact that he's probably on the hot seat a little bit. Yeah. I think quarterback a maybe, lot bit. <laughs> I, yeah, it's just I don't know if quarterback even makes sense here, but like his his chair is literally on fire. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't know if quarterback <laughs> makes sense, but I think it's what they're going to do and yeah, I think compared to Levis, Richardson does have more upside and then you just got to hope that I can't even remember the name of the guy they hired to be their coach, but you got to hope that he he can develop him. Well, it, whether um 
whether it is Richardson or Levis, I, I think you go Richardson because I like his uh, I I like his potential, his uh, ceiling better than I do Levis. Um, I, I when I look at Levis, I'm I'm not a fan. I, I don't I don't think he's going to be that good. But God, if they go if they draft, I mean, they can win like one game next year. Yeah. Um, so. The thing is, is with Richardson, there is a lot of upside there. Mm -hmm. And if he gets forced into action, well, he could kind of do a Justin Fields this year where he just runs constantly, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because he he has definitely shown he is extremely elusive when it comes to that part of of being behind center. But um, to me, this offseason has turned into... The year of the quarterback. We all know that this is a passing league now, but I think this year is showing more than ever about just how important it is. Look at the deals these guys are getting. They're monstrous. You know, I mean, there's even uh, talk that uh, there's going to be talk at the owners' meeting about um, they're floating in the idea out there that. Maybe they'll make a separate salary cap just for quarterback because their 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 contracts are getting so huge. Right. I mean, quarterback contracts are now starting to rival MLB pitcher contracts or um, or uh, even NBA max deals, well, right? And the problem is it's just such a disparity between every other position on the roster. Oh, yeah, huge. It's, it's like you're paying... Average like what did Daniel Jones just get forty million a year? Yeah, I and mean his his deal is 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 giant, and that's just kind of the cost of doing business. But now the Giants Hertz is now the the most the highest paid player ever. Yeah, it's insane. But and it's and, and that's not going to slow down. It's just going to keep gaining speed. And we as Bears fans, I certainly hope we have to give. A gob of money to Justin Fields because that means that we found our franchise guy. But he's going to be huge. I mean, his deal will be huge. Oh, uh, for sure. I mean, the, the hope is that you got you give him a gob of money because he's awesome. Yeah. Not like Daniel Jones where he was like, okay, and you still have to give him a gob of money. <laughs> but that's that's what the league is, right? Right. I mean, you, you Daniel Jones, uh, well, yeah, he had one pretty good year. Uh, you know, I mean, just a year ago, they were looking at that guy like, yeah, we can't wait to get rid of this guy. <laughs> right. But, um, uh, you know, uh, instead, uh, just so that they could expedite the thing, they gave him a huge amount of money uh, so they could coordinate it with, you know, franchise tagging Barkley. Mm-hmm. So this is not going anywhere. It's just going to gain momentum. And that's why, uh, you know, to me, the Colts, are idiots if they don't you, you you can't be putting all of this further and further and further into the future it's never going to get better yeah and i mean if, you, if they do that then boy I, I guess like the best case scenario for everybody there is that you start Minshew or ellinger or whoever free agent quarterback and you go like one in 12 and then the last four games you maybe play richardson and he looks really good and then you got a top five pick, and maybe you can go get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, and and then you've got the arrow pointing in the right direction at quarterback too. I don't know. It's it's a tough it's a tough year to be a quarterback 
to be a team that needs a quarterback yeah. and to not have the first pick. Well, and not, let's not forget, they had lightning strike twice already for them. I mean, they they won, they won. got the number one pick for Peyton Manning, and then they got the number one pick for, um, Luck. for Andrew Luck. I mean, the odds of that are insane. Uh, so... Not to mention they also had Johnny Unitas, right? So, <laughs> I mean, they, to me, you know, if they, if they, if they just go, you know, we're just, you know, addressing later, later part of the draft, or not gonna, we'll, we'll concentrate on something else. Yeah, you're right. You know, they probably end up at the top of the draft next year, and then they're back in the same boat because none of those guys that are kind of be coming out next year, nobody's looking at them like they were at Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. Uh, I mean, none of those guys have that that kind of um, sway at this at this point. And you got to remember, those two players, they didn't suddenly appear. They, I mean, they were tracked through their whole careers, right? right? It was just a matter of when they were going to come out. Everybody knew as soon as they said, yeah, we're going, they were going to be the number one overall pick. There yeah. wasn't any question, right? Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Richardson's a good slot there, but of course, you know, we never know. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on to number five. That's Seattle. This to me, if Carter doesn't go third, I I think he's going to go here. I I think that the Seahawks are going to look at this as kind of a opportunity where the NFC is the weakest it's ever going to be. They made the playoffs last year. They have an opportunity to plug in a elite defensive player and kind of make a run at it. And I don't know if they're good enough to really make a legitimate run at the NFC, but I think that they're one of the better teams. And if you can add a talent like this, I think they they will. And they're just going to view this as kind of a a move that can make their team a lot better right now. And they've done things like this before where they've taken uh, players with some character concerns. And Pete Carroll has got a a solid program up there. And it seems like a, a, locker room where they've got a lot of veterans that can kind of serve as a mentor to Carter. And I, I just don't see them passing on this type of talent, especially if, if Richardson's off the board, who's the other quarterback I've seen them linked to. So I, I think Carter goes here if he doesn't go earlier. Uh, agreed. 100%. Um, I, the only thing I'll plug in there is um, if Richardson was there, uh, that would make a lot of sense yeah. uh, simply because they do have the quarterback guru, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, and Richardson makes a lot of sense because he gets to sit a year behind Smith. Uh, but, um, that team is, is good. Yeah. They're they're They are one of the teams that's just a few pieces away from being a serious contender in the playoffs. So it makes a lot of sense for them to add a key piece on defense that will shore up an already pretty solid defense and, you know, uh, continue with Smith on the other side of the ball. Um, they, they've, they've got a lot of weapons on offense. And, and Carroll's like 72 or something, like literally. Yeah. So I don't know how much longer he's even really planning to coach. So he might just be viewing this as, hey, we got, you know, I got one more, one more shot at all this. Can I add the most talented player in the draft? Yeah. And really upgrade our defense and try to improve – a team that I mean was was pretty solid last year. I mean they very they they were the seven seed. They weren't great. I mean I don't know if you'll ever make a run at a Super Bowl with Geno Smith, but 
he, he's not terrible either, which was a huge surprise to everybody. Yeah, he had, he had one of the best QBRs in the in the NFL. It's pretty crazy. I think going into last year, like the Seahawks were thought to be one of the worst teams in the league. Like their their win total was like around the Bears. Yep. So the fact that we're even talking about them this way is a real testament to, to that organization and Pete Carroll. But I, I just don't see anybody that you would take here above Jalen Carter. Um, I think that's where they're going to go. Agreed. All right, so then we move on to number six with Detroit, which breathes just LOL Lions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they just they just cannot catch a break. You, you have their favorites to win the division for the first time in however many decades. <laughs> they just have what five players suspended for gambling on football. It's just hilarious. But I think the last time they were favored to win their division, they were wearing leather helmets. It might be. That was that was that was before sports gambling even. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's another team that I think would want. I think the Moline Tractors were in the league <laughs> at that time. Uh, I think it's another team that would want Jalen Carter. But if if they can't get him, everybody seems to think they're going to go cornerback. And the guy from Illinois, Devin Witherspoon, seems like just a Dan Campbell type of guy. Real physical player. Seems like max effort guy and also just insanely talented so if they're gonna go corner i I think that's where they're gonna go i think they're gonna go with witherspoon agreed uh i i think that i mean i think it's again um like uh anderson and and carter i think it's kind of splitting hairs um it it will be a preference thing uh i like uh I, i like that pick um what's the what i'm trying to find the other the other guy's name uh gonzalez gonzalez right yeah i mean i think it could be either one of those um i think it does end up uh being the kid from illinois um but uh i I think it's one of those two i mean they just got um they they just got rid of akuda Mm -hmm. um which that is still just the strangest deal to me um, you know, you give up on the number three overall pick for a fifth round draft pick and he's 24 years old. Right. Um, and I mean, we watched that kid play against his teammate against Justin Fields last year, and he actually had a pretty solid le- le- uh, year last year. So to get rid of him for that, it, it makes me think that there's something more there. But anyway, they, uh, it's a, it's a position of need. Um, it's a top flight, uh, it's two top flight corners that are going to be sitting there. I, I, like you said, I, I, am you know, I, I think that, um, I think that's a good pick. Okay. Uh, number seven. Oh man. I don't, this is a tough one with, with the Raiders. (laughs) They need Um, quite a few spots. Well, the problem with them is like, they, uh, are not terrible. Like they're not bad enough to tank. But they're also in a division for the next 10 years with Mahomes and Herbert and now Sean Payton, too. Yep. And, and they can't compete with that. So they, they're in a, a tough spot. And I don't really know what I would do here if I was them. I, I think they probably have to go quarterback and take Will Levis and hope that they can turn him into Josh Allen. Yeah. Because that's the only way they're going to be able to compete in that division. I mean, they could add a good defensive player here. And what does that do for you in, in that division when you're, when you're going up against that level of quarterback play? So I think they kind of have to take a shot and just hope that they can kind of find 
lightning in a bottle there with, with Levis. And that's what I think they'll do just because I, I, I think they could take Gonzalez or they could take Wilson or they could take Skaronsky and those will all be nice players, but it's not really going to move the needle for them in terms of competing with Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert, who they, right. they got to play twice a year each. So I, I think they're going to go with Levis and trust Josh McDaniels, which is a terrible predicament to, <laughs> to find yourselves in, but I, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, uh, yeah. I w- now I went um, Tyree Wilson, okay, uh, but um, yeah, y- you know I I agree. Uh, when you look at what they have available, uh, the, you know, and I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, the top five uh, picks by by the guys uh, over at ESPN. Um, you know, another another possibility is Hendon Hooker. Uh, I. I like Hendon Hooker as a prospect more than I like Levis. Okay, um, but uh, you know, I could see I could see Levis as well. There's you know, Levis does have a huge amount of hype. Kuiper loves Levis uh, for whatever reason. He his it's number two on his board. Okay, okay. Um, so you know, um, but uh, you know, uh, and McShay has him at four. So. I could certainly, I could certainly see that. I, I think um, uh, it, he he has Devonte Adams, so he already has a guy to to give him to throw the ball to. And they've got Garoppolo now, so yeah. it's not like the Colts where I mean the, the Raiders have someone that can at least start right for a little bit. And right, you feel okay about and uh, uh, Waller. Yeah, they, they did hold on to him, right? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, or did th- they? Uh, he might be gone, but they lost him, didn't they? I think they did. Well, regardless, um, yeah, it's like while, said, while I went to the Giants. Um, so you know, Garoppolo. Uh, the only thing about Garoppolo, of course, is the injury issues that right. he's had. So um, I, I think he's still a pretty solid quarterback. I I felt like the Bears would have completely changed the destiny of the team if they would have if they would have gone ahead and got him. I wrote a whole piece about how that would have been a good idea. Instead, they decided to go with Mitchell Trubisky. So, uh, but uh, I digress. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I think that's a, a good way to go. Go Levis. Yeah, let's do that. I, I think that makes the most sense just because McDaniels just needs something too because that last year was just a disaster. And I, yeah. I think that he's going to want his quarterback. And I don't think that's going to be Jimmy G. So, Will Levis to the Raiders. So now we move to a team. Let's just... As I was prepping for this and the Atlanta Falcons, I just realized I have like no thoughts on that <laughs> on that organization. <laughs> like it's just it's just like they're always at like seven and nine and they're never really good and they're they're just kind of a team that you just don't really think about all that much. It's like when they drafted Kyle Pitts, I was like, Oh, that's I mean they that, get, that would look like it was huge. But then I was just like, Alright, well now I don't have to think about Kyle Pitts for five years until yeah. he, he goes to play somewhere good but i don't really know what what these guys are gonna do they need a bunch of stuff i i kind of just for whatever reason just <laughs> have a feeling they're gonna draft Bijan robinson oh um that's I, an interesting take i think that because their coach uh came from tennessee where they they built a winning program around a running back and they're not going to go quarterback here because in our scenario, the four quarterbacks are gone. Right. And I just don't know with the Falcons. It just seems like kind of a, a Falcons type of pick where you go with the flash 
and you get the elite running back prospect, but you, you never really put anything around him. So I don't know. I, I don't really have a strong sense about what the Falcons are going to do here. I've just kind of had a feeling that they're going to go with Bijan. Do, do, you, do you have something better than what I just gave out? I don't know whether it's necessarily better, but um, <laughs> so I wanted to go look, and I and McShay uh, in the most recent mock has Christian Gonzalez going there. Yeah, they. Okay. Um, so yeah, I could certainly see that they've got a good corner already with AJ Terrell. Yep. Um, I went Paris Johnson. Okay. Um, simply because. Uh, they are in a semi-rebuilding state or a rebuilding state. They or, need a lot. They need a lot, and um, so you know, why not start off with a uh, with a great uh, blue chipper lineman? Um, that's really where my, where my thoughts were on it. Uh, I li- I like Paris Johnson a lot at at left tackle as as not oh. Um, he played left tackle in college, but he's going to be a guard in the NFL. You know, like he's actually being projected to play left tackle in yeah. the NFL. So uh, I, I I went there, but um, at the same time, uh, I could also see Tyree Wilson. Uh, Tyree Wilson, uh, when you look at his numbers, he makes you salivate a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he he really could be a serious force in the NFL. I've seen a lot of people saying he might go at number two. Like, he might go ahead of Anderson and Carter. Yeah, it, it, would, it wouldn't be a super shock to anybody. I mean, uh, that guy uh, serious did some serious improvement uh, in his college career, and uh, he, he's got a really great length, uh, and he, he has great vision uh, behind the line. So... Um, it, it certainly, it, it certainly could be him too. Yeah, I like that actually. The other, per, the other one I was thinking about is like maybe they go with the hometown kid and take Nolan Smith. Yeah. Um, I just think top ten for him, just based on what I've heard, seems like a bit of a reach. Um, but it's also Ryan Pace, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be out of the world to take like the insane athlete. I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of going. Tyree uh, Wilson. Tyree Wilson. I feel like he's probably not going to make it to eight anyway, so maybe we've overlooked him a bit. So yeah, I actually had, well, it's like I was gonna say, and I actually had him go into the Raiders, uh, the pick before. Okay. Um, but um, no, I think that's a, I think that's a good spot. Okay. So, I mean, it one for one thing, if he is there, I mean, we were just saying Atlanta needs everything. There's certainly no reason to not take one of the top uh, defensive ends in the in the draft. Yeah, he's so. got like legit star potential. Legit. And he won't realize it if he goes to the Falcons just because <laughs> they never do. But um, <laughs> if he if he gets drafted somewhere, they'll, they'll put him in coverage. Yeah, if, if if he gets drafted somewhere else, he could be a legit star. He, I mean, he in terms of pass rusher, he's got as much of a ceiling as, as Will Anderson, You know, though, now that I think about it, I could see Pace take Nolan Smith. Though, yeah! I mean, I've seen... <laughs> That's it. just the kind of guy he would go well, take. I, I heard that he's he's very, very... He's very comparable to, like, Leonard Floyd. Yeah. Who I think the Bears took at eight. <laughs> yeah. So, no, nine. Yeah, I mean... And it's not like Leonard Floyd turned out to be... <laughs> Floyd, a, Floyd was at nine. And it's not like he turned out to be bad, but... And Floyd was under the exact same circumstance, too. In fact, most people, when they were talking about him, were like... Yeah, he's kind of a tweener. We're not really sure where he's going to play. We do think he's a heck of an athlete. So they'll just be able to, you know, figure out a spot for him. Yeah. yeah. 
right. Well, I uh, I, I like uh, Wilson there. So now we're to the Bears. So just to recap, we got Bryce Young to the Panthers, Stroud to the Texans, Anderson to the Cardinals. Uh, who do we have going to the Colts? Richardson? Yep. Carter to the Seahawks, Witherspoon to the Lions, Levis to the Raiders, Wilson to the Falcons. So yep. had some good debate. I think that, I mean, that feels... That feels reasonable to me. I think so. So now if the board breaks that way, what would you think the Bears would do at, at nine? Well, I certainly think that this is one of the most exciting drafts I've ever watched for the Bears. Um, and I'm all, I'm finding it one of the most befuddling, too. Uh, because it's like, uh, I think that uh, Poles has done an excellent job of creating a sense of mystery uh, with what he is going to do. Uh, yeah, we're just like the Falcons in the fact that we have a lot of different spots that he could go to. Um, I do uh, legitimately see that it could be um, tackle. I see it could be uh, end. I do see, or just pass rusher. Uh, I do see that it could be interior lineman, I, uh, defensive lineman. I, I could see it being a corner. I could see it being a receiver. Now, receiver, I'm of the opinion that Poles is going to approach this draft as I've already addressed receiver. Not in the fact that he's not going to dress a, a, a draft a receiver in the hole, he's not in gonna, the hole of the yeah. draft. He's just not going to use pick nine on it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but, so, you know, that narrows it down. To me, taking one of the taking somebody for one of the lines makes the most sense. Um, my my feeling almost since the beginning of all of this, uh, I, I've looked at Paris Johnson. Um, I I'm still feel, feel very strongly uh, about him becoming a bear. Uh, I know that uh, Poles has talked to him multiple times. Uh, I do not buy into Jalen Carter being there. Uh, I think everybody is uh, dreamy uh, when they think that Carter's going to make it all the, way, all the way to nine. I mean, we went through, we just went through the mock, and I think there's like five teams that I could totally see taking him. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know why um, uh, Bears fans out there keep uh, you know bringing Carter up. Uh, our, the chance to take Carter would have been uh, the Bears trade down from uh, one down to two or four, and then they take Carter. Uh, not trade down to nine it's, and take Carter. It's not even just Bears fans. Though. I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have him going to the Bears. Yeah, and you know that um, to me, it, it's just it, it's not realistic. I, I read Biggs. I think Biggs gave it like a twenty-five percent chance. I don't even put it that high. I think ten. 10% chance is, is about as high as I would go. I, I think, um, you know, you've got those, uh, you, you got, you know, the offensive linemen there. Um, uh, you know, one, uh, one guy that has come into the conversation quite a bit of recent is uh, Darnell Martin. Um, maybe he goes that way. Uh, it, Darnell Wright. Or Don, yeah. Pardon me, Darnell Wright. Uh, but, um, and, you know, you, you certainly can't put Skaronsky out of the conversation. Um, but I, I think that, uh, I, I think Broderick Jones is more the outside one. Uh, 
I think that um, when when it when it comes down to it, if he stays at nine, uh, I think he ends up probably going with Paris Johnson. See, I actually I was I think that I. I, if I had to bet, I was I think they're gonna take Broderick Jones. Oh, really? So I, I here's why. Number one, the way I've heard him described is that he's the most raw. But yes, he, he's potentially the most talented. Could have the highest ceiling. Yeah, and I think that matches up well with the Bears. And also in terms of just measurables, like, he's very similar to Braxton Jones. Yeah. So maybe that's what they're looking for—a tackle and. I think with the Bears, it's not like you need somebody to come in and be like really good right away. Yeah, like you've got they're still rebuilding very much. Yeah, and I could see them saying, "Hey, this kid's got the most talent in the draft at tackle, and we're going to trust Chris Morgan and our coaching staff, and we're going to coach him up, and we think he could be uh, all pro level tackle in three years." Yep, which would line up well, right? So. I, I just kind of see them going that direction where I think they're going to go with the, the measurables and the talent. And I could be completely wrong. I think Paris Johnson, I, I think the two of them are pretty similar, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not necessarily sure I could differentiate the two that much. Like if, if, if they go with either I one, can. I'm going to trust the judgment. Yeah. Um, I just kind of think Brad. I'm going to take his word for it. Yeah. I just like Broderick Jones's upside, and I, I just think that they're going to go with the upside pick. Well, and everything is there. Uh, I mean, he played for a top program. Uh, he he did well yeah. uh, over the last year. Um, it's like you said, he's raw, but he has the tools. Great size, speed. Uh, all his combinations for his physical are very good. Some argue better, but I've, I've read that he has better feet than uh, Paris Johnson. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, um, so if that, if it went, if it went that way, I certainly wouldn't be surprised. No, um, I wouldn't be surprised with either. It, the other guy, uh, kind of an outside, uh, chance. I mean, I think there's also the outside chance, um, that you could be looking at one of the top corners. Um, I don't know whether he would want to do that at nine, yeah. uh, especially with the holes on, defensive line and offensive line uh so we'll have to see how that part of it goes as as we get closer but i think that the still i've thought this the whole time that the strongest need is in the two trenches and that at that particular position he has the most available to him on the offensive trench on the offensive part of the uh, 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 the side of the ball, it does go along with the thing that you've talked about. You know, let's load up on offense and make it so we can generate as much offense as we can. Hmm. Yeah, the defense will suffer uh, some until next year, but you know, if we have to, if you know, if we're putting up, uh, you know, thirty-eight points a game plus, yeah, uh, you know, but the defense is giving up forty-two, well, so be it, right? Um, I still like that idea. Uh, but, and this would, you know, if, if they went with, uh, if they went with Broderick Jones, uh, that is, like you said, he's raw. So he needs a couple of years to develop, but that is in Paul's timeline. Yeah, that's right. It's not like, it's not like the bears are Kansas city where if you're drafting somebody, you wanted to step in right away yeah. and at least, and I think both Jones or Johnson would be serviceable. Like, I don't think they would show up and be like terrible. No. Um, 
Uh, the guy I've heard Bro- uh, <laughs> certainly not on our line. Yeah, the guy I've heard Broderick Jones comps to a lot, who's another Georgia tackle, is Andrew Thomas. Yeah, who the Giants took at I think four two years ago, and when he showed up, he struggled, uh, and everyone was kind of like, "Uh oh, we might have screwed this one up." But <laughs> he he learned and he got coached up, and now he. I mean, if he walked into Hallis Hall, he'd be the best lineman on the Bears by a factor of like ten. So, so sometimes it, it's worth a little bit of a short-term growing pains, especially when you're a team like the Bears. That's probably still one or two years away, depending on how the quarterback situation materializes. So I, I, I think that if the board breaks the way that we kind of just said, which, you know, that, that I don't think our mock draft had like a ton of big surprises in it. No. Like, if it breaks this way... Yeah, I mean, th- you could go with one of the cornerbacks, depending on which one is still there, if either are. But I, I just think that they're going to try to address tackle. And if if they go long-term, you know, if they go tackle at nine or in the first round, if they trade back, and you've got, uh, who, you've got the rookie, you've got Nate Davis, you've got Braxton Jones, then you're kind of starting to build something. You've got young players that you feel good about for the next several years. And then you just keep going from there. And I I think that's the foundation that polls is going to zero in on. And I I would be a little surprised if it's not offensive line in the first round, unless something weird happens like Carter does fall or one of the other top defensive prospects falls back unexpectedly, then I, I could see it. But if it breaks kind of the way that, that we think it is and Carter's gone and Anderson's gone, and the corners are gone, I, I think that tackle, I, I would be surprised if they go a different direction there. Yeah, I, um, if, if, if Jalen Carter somehow makes it to nine, sure, I agree with all the, 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 the people out there that are, you know, that are hoping for that. I, I, I think it's a pipe dream. Um, I certainly think that Will Anderson is a pipe dream. Uh, but, uh, I, I mean, Carter uh, met with Poles a couple of times, so he legitimately must feel like it's uh, it's a you know a, a legitimate possibility. Uh, most of his uh, Carter, most of Carter's uh, visits, the way I understand it, were teams that were picking between five and ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, so you know, if if he made it there, I could certainly understand. I, I certainly see him taking Jalen Carter. I just don't think I think the chance that he makes it there is very small, which makes him go to the offensive side of the ball, which makes him go to the offensive line. And I hope one thing I really, really hope for is that we draft a tackle. I do not want them to draft a guard. That's what always seems to happen. Now, uh, polls already shown last year that he is going to beat his own path. And even though he didn't use high draft picks on offensive linemen last year, he drafted a lot of them. Yeah. Right. And you know, he did it. It wasn't random. It wasn't just like, uh, yeah, I'll take a shot on this guy and that guy. And I mean, they, when you look back, it looks very targeted. As to how he did it. He took multiple tackles. Yeah. Right. Out of college. Which means. He was looking at it and saying. I need a tackle. Yeah. Right. 
So <laughs> I think he knows. <laughs> yeah, I think he knows. So I'm I'm hoping that he sticks with that and takes another tackle. Um, I'd rather see uh, I'd rather see a tackle come in and compete for that spot. If he loses it, then they decide to move him in. Uh, you know, AKA T- Tevin Jenkins, if that's what they want to do, that's fine. I just want to see him take a guy who they believe is going to be one of the guys that's going to be a bookend. Yeah, I agree. And I, I hope they go tackle early on. If they found someone in the fifth round last year, that's great. But typically star offensive tackles come from early in the draft. So how do you feel about receiver? Um, I just think that I, I, I'm sure they'll, they'll draft a receiver in the middle of the draft. Agreed. I, I I just think they've got too much invested in that position already to go there in the first couple rounds. And also, there's just not any receivers that I really even feel great about that I would be excited about getting at nine. Now, if they trade back to like 18 and JSN is there, that's a little more exciting. Yeah. Um, but just at nine, I, I just don't know that I, I feel that excited about JSN or Quentin Johnston or Addison or any of those guys. I, I just think that I would rather them try to find more depth later on. And I just think that's because you, you've basically got two uh, wide receivers already that you've invested significant draft capital in. Yep. DJ Moore, the rumor was they could have had a, a 25 first round pick. Mm-hmm. So, so they went with Moore instead, which I agree with. And then Claypool, they traded what basically amounted to a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. So they, they've just got so much invested there already. And Moore, I think, is the only one that anybody really feels great about being around long-term. Yep. Claypool, we'll see. Mooney, we'll see. Uh, but I just think that position you know, is, is kind of set at the moment in terms of like the top of, the, of your depth chart. And I, I just don't think that they're gonna prioritize that in like rounds one or two and then after you get past that point if they want to go with somebody they, they think has some upside then i'm all for it well um i i agree 100 i like i said i do think that polls is looking at that inclusion of a starting receiver a one receiver uh being part of that trade uh he you know, it, it came out clear that that was part of it. You, if you're not going to give me one of the my the receiver I'm asking for, don't we? Need, we don't even need to talk anymore. Yeah, because I'm that's what I'm going to do, and, and that's what he did. And I think it was excellent. Uh, you and I have talked about it many times. He literally went out and found a young number one in a market that didn't have a young number one. Yeah. So. Um, I think he 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 scored a coup there. Um, I don't see. I think it's almost a little bit redundant to try and draft another receiver at that spot. Uh, actually, in the first round, yeah. I, you know, we were just talking about. You know, it, it applies the same as uh, as as quarterback uh, or or a defensive end. Um, when it comes right down to it, uh, when it, receiver has become a super premium position, right? But not just this year, for the last 20 years, a gob of receivers come out every year, right? Right. So it really comes down to primarily your scouting department. That's who you really have to lean on. Because you're not going to have Jamar Chase come out every year. 
right? I mean, we, we that's pretty obvious. Right. When Jamar Chase came out, everybody was like, yeah, Jamar Chase is going to be a top five pick. <laughs> there's, there's not even a question, right? right? But not everybody's doing that. Yeah, you it's know, like Jamar Chase, Calvin Johnson, right? Uh, Julio Jones. Yeah. I mean, those guys. Everybody knows ahead of time. There's not that guy in this draft. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, JSN had that one great year, but you know, how is it out of three years in college he only had one good year? You know, I mean, you can't ignore that. Uh, but regardless, I, I don't see the need uh, at that level of nine. To, to to bet it all on that. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think that they... I, I, going into last year, I was as down on the Bears' skill positions as possible, really. I mean, I just thought they had just the worst wide receiving group in the league. <laughs> so, it's not like they're like... There was a lot of people that would agree with you. Yeah, it's and it's and they were bad. but And it's not like they're like top 10 now, but they're at least kind of more towards the middle of the league maybe getting closer to top 10 if you can really maximize DJ Moore. And right. I, I think he will take a step forward just because he's got a real quarterback now. So I, I just think that that this resource, when you talk about the first pick and the draft this year, could just be better spent. And I, I just think that there's always more opportunities for wide receivers. There's already a couple of great wide receiver prospects in next year's draft. Yep. You can always find guys in free agency or trades. I mean, elite wide receivers move around pretty much every year now because, like you said, it's a premium position. The contracts are massive, and sometimes teams draft a guy, and he's awesome, and they just can't afford to keep him. So I I think that I feel good enough about what they have currently, and I I think you can always find somebody at that position if Claypool leaves after this year or is a disappointment or if Mooney isn't necessarily somebody you want to build around then I, I just think that there, there's enough here at the moment that there, there's so many more positions that the pick could could be better served well even looking at it with uh the glasses half full let's say that um Claypool and Mooney both play well yeah. not not great but well which I could see which I could see as well but we there's a, it, all indications right now point to the Carolina Panthers having a high draft pick. Mm-hmm. All indications right now point to the Bears having a high draft pick. Yeah, I mean, right? top half of the first round for each. Exactly. So if you end up in position, even uh, where you can draft Marvin Harrison, who is that kind of super elite prospect like Jamar Chase, um, you don't pass that up, right? I mean, unless there's uh, unless there's another position, uh, an all-star defensive end or quarterback, which hopefully we won't need next year, uh, sitting there. So we're looking at the the possibility of being there, uh, able to pick Marvin Harrison Jr. and uh, you know if if those two guys played well, I'm pretty sure that polls isn't gonna. Almost any, almost in most circumstances, he's gonna go. You know what? I can get Marvin Harrison. Um, I'm taking Marvin Harrison, no matter who I have right now. Well, it's like there's also. I mean, I'm just looking at uh, 2024 mock draft, which yeah. is like obviously ridiculous because right. so much can happen. But they already have three receivers in the top 16 yeah. next year, including Marvin Harrison, and then 
right after him is another one of his teammates at Ohio State, which is just ridiculous that yeah. they have that much talent. But <laughs> um, there's going to be guys to be had. So I, I'm comfortable betting on Claypool and Mooney this year, especially because it's not like anybody really realistically expects the Bears to be a Super Bowl team this year. Correct. I, I think you find a guy when you're ready for that, if the guys you have already don't pan out. I will say, um, I went to look at uh, the the top fives. Um, so Jordan Reed and Matt Miller both have been uh, ESPN guys that they've uh, been trying to mix more and more in uh, with Kuyper and McShay because they, they want more people involved as the dress prognosticators. But um, so this year they had... Uh, right now they have on ESPN uh, Kuyper, McShay, and Reed uh, picking their uh, Reed and Miller uh, picking their top five. Broderick Jones is number two in each of their top five at tackle. Hmm. He's the only one that is consistently there. Kuyper has Johnson first, Jones. McShay has Skronsky first, Jones. Reed has Skoronsky first, Jones. Miller has Skoronsky first, Jones. Um, I know that Kuiper, Kuiper is not listing uh, Skoronsky as a tackle. Neither He's is Brugler. As a guard. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, I just think that's interesting. Jones is number two on all of their boards. And I just think, I, and like I said, I mean, the reason he's not one is just because people think he's got some learning to do still. Yeah. So, um, you know, that uh, right there, uh, th- I hadn't noticed that before. That's a, that is a boost right there. I mean, uh, I do. I, I, I respect all of those guys' opinions. Um, uh, the, you know, and, you know, let's not forget to talk a little bit about uh, end. Uh, pass rusher is, uh, is, of course, a huge, huge need for us. Um, you know, you're looking at uh, Lucas Van Ness. Uh I know that um, he. The rumor is he's very attractive for for polls because he can play inside and outside. Um, Miles Murphy is another one, uh, very productive at a at a great program. Uh, people uh, like his ability, uh, the the perspective of his ability at the next level. Um, anything on those? I, I just don't think I'd be that excited about any of those guys at, at nine, if they trade back, I, I, I've, I've kind of, I was excited about Van Ness because Brugler is really high on him and I read yeah. Brugler a lot, but yeah. I've heard enough contrary opinions that I, I just don't think that's where I'd want them to go unless they trade back. Um, yeah, I, I just think that past kind of the guys we talked about at the top of the draft, which Anderson, Wilson, I just don't, think that there's the upside necessarily i i I would rather go somewhere else especially because i think just as we've talked about i'd rather prioritize the offense and get that really humming and then figure out the defense that really is a i really like that idea a lot um just because if you can feed into where you already have the most assets available and i mean uh you know uh People have been very critical about polls not helping. I'm making quotation marks right now. You know, not helping uh, fields enough. Right. Um, you know, all I I don't agree with that opinion, but um, I, I do think that that does 
look at bringing uh, the necessary help that he needs. And we certainly, all Bears fans agree that the offensive line does need probably another tackle and maybe a center. Yeah. Uh, so those are places, it's, it's not only that you have some blue chip players available there, Highly ranked on everybody's boards yep. uh, and uh, a position need. Yeah, for sure. I still think they're going to go center in like the third round. I, I just, I don't think that they're going to plan to use Cody Whitehair there. Maybe, maybe they'll have him there at, at the start of the year while they're developing somebody. But it just doesn't make sense to me that you wouldn't try to t- find a long-term fix at that position. So... I still think center, whether it's Schmitz or any of the other guys, I think that's a position that's getting addressed in rounds two or three for sure. Do you think that uh, there's a uh, – you and I both uh, talked a bit about Bijan. Do you think that that's a possibility? No, I don't. I, I, I think it would be fun, but I just don't think they're going running back there. I, I, I you know, I, I, I thought that there there might be – um, a chance, but the more I read about it, the more I realize that the talking heads out there are looking at it and going, that would be a great ad. You and I both think it would be a great ad, but it's more of a luxury yeah. that you can't really spend that money. Quote, I'm just using money as a, as a synonym for resource, right? right? You can't spend that resource on that uh, on that uh, on that sports car because right now you still need a couple of trucks to yeah, get yeah, to yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I i agree i mean it's just the thought of having him paired with fields is is really tantalizing because that would just be such an explosive combination in the backfield i wouldn't hate it if they do it uh it would be yeah. gu- it would be gutsy um, I, I just don't think that they're going to, I, I just, you know, I, I feel like that's the kind of move that gets you fired. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, because if you, if you draft him in the top 10 and he comes in and blows out his knee or just isn't as good for whatever reason, and, and you passed on other players that are going to be in pro bowls and super bowls to draft a running back in the top 10. I mean, that's what got Gettleman fired in in New York is that he drafted Saquon. Yeah. And Saquon turned out to be a really good player, but well, he had a really good year last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. He had, he's had one good year. In yeah. Year. So I, 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 th- I mean, I would respect the, he's missed a lot of football. Too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's missed a full season basically. And, and then some, so I would respect the, the all in move, I guess. I just don't think they're going to do that. Well, I, so I wanted to go quickly look up Broderick, uh, Broderick Jones. Um, uh, NFL.com has him listed as the number two overall lineman just behind Skaronsky. People really like Skaronsky, and I think it's deserved because he's such a technician. Uh, and, you know, his, his work in college, it can't be denied. Yeah. Um, I just don't like him for the Bears because I agree with Kuyper and some of the other ones. That are like looking at him and saying, "Yeah, he's more like Quentin Nelson. He could come in and be an all-star guard, but I don't see him playing on the outside." Yeah, with him, I, I wouldn't hate giving him the chance 
at tackle. Oh, no, and I certainly would be, I wouldn't complain. Yeah, I'd be like, all right. Yeah, he doesn't have the measurables, but, you know, just because of how smart he is and just how sound of a technician he is, see if he can figure it out. And if he can't, then at worst case scenario, you just plug him in a guard and he's great for 10 years. I I wouldn't hate that either. And certainly it's the same argument as Broderick Jones, where the Bears have some time to take some risks like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't make it to the Bears either. I, I could see him going to the Falcons. I could see him going to the Raiders. He's, he's just such a talent on the line. I mean, he, he, he's, he's in that blue chip category. Yeah. He's probably the only lineman that's in that blue chip category. It's yeah. just a matter of where is he going to play. Yeah. Um, I, I think he'll be uh, an excellent player no matter where he ends up. Um, looking at uh, Broderick Jones, I think we're both going Broderick Jones. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, you're talking about a player uh, out of Georgia. Uh, you know, he, he started on, uh, he, he started all of last year, uh, 15 games at left tackle for a national championship winning team. Um, he also, uh, in uh, 2021, uh, he also uh, started four contests at left tackle there. So he's he does have some experience, just not the amount that you would want to see. Uh, six foot five, 311 pounds. This is the combine numbers. Uh, 34 and three quarter inch arms. That's outstanding. 10 and five eighth inch hands. Uh, those are enormous. So uh, the physical, the physical part is right there. Actually, that's um, kind of nice because at a certain point, uh, if, if your tackles are too big, uh, they start to uh, be able to get beat by the speed rushers a little bit. Larry Borum. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So um, they, uh, they really like him. Uh, they gave him a total score, uh, 85 out of 100. Um, like I said, he's number two ranked uh, lineman in in uh, at uh, by NFL.com at the line uh, at the combine, and um, yeah, I mean this is you know former high school basketball player. Uh, uh, I thought this was kind of cool. Ran a four nine seven forty. Imagine getting hit by a guy that size <laughs> running running that fast. It's just... When you hear these measurables on these linemen, it's just insane. It is insane. So, also had a 30-inch vertical jump. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got all the athleticism you want. It's very similar to what we talked about with Braxton Jones. The difference yeah. is that Broderick Jones played at Georgia, not <laughs> no, that's Southern, Southern Utah. Utah. <laughs> uh, so, and, you know, uh, I'm looking here uh, at the weaknesses it's primarily that uh, less than two full seasons starting at, at starting experience. That's um, obviously a, a knock. But as you said, um, you know, I, I didn't really uh, give that full thought until you brought it up. Uh, it fits Paul's overall vision. Yeah, he's he. You and I have talked about it a zillion times now on the on the podcast. Paul's is not looking at us winning this year. It's not important to him. Yeah. It's next year. It's 2024. That's when he he's been playing about it since he came to the organization. Yeah. And he now when it comes to 2024, they better do some shit 
<laughs> right? You gotta you gotta build up. You gotta start building the the blocks now. But you gotta build up the blocks. Last year was the teardown year. You found maybe a couple guys that you feel good about, but this draft is critical, man. Like this is where you have to get your guys that are starting to move you in the right direction. Yeah, and, and this is putting a foundational cornerstone in place, right? So, and this um, is someone that I think can play both right and left tackle. We'll see. I mean, I, I'm assuming if they went Broderick Jones day one of camp, Braxton would line up at left tackle. Uh, Broderick would line up at right, and then from there, it's it's a competition. Yeah, and you know that's that's great. That, I mean, that's huge. You know, yeah, Braxton Jones has the experience with the Bears, specifically in the NFL with the Bears already. You know, fit him in at, at left, and then just let him see who fits better. If we got to move Braxton Jones over to the right, I don't see any downside there. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, um, you can't have too many good left tackles. Yeah, you can't have too many good players. Exactly. So, you know. For for um, the longest time, the Bears have not had any good players. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Especially on the offensive line. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, they they make a note in here. It's Zerline says, you know, ultra-athletic tackle with size, length, speed, um, you know, Perfect, uh, perfect as far as uh, where he should be um, coming out at this point. Uh, you know, he, he's he's developmental, he's raw, but ultra talented. So um, yeah, I I think that could be. Uh, I I think out of all the scenarios uh, playing through him, I think that's the best pick. All right. Um, I did make I did make pick at ten. Um, I'll just throw that, throw this out there. I went with, um, the Eagles taking Nolan Smith. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I think I, I, I just went that way because of what you and I were talking about that athlete. Um, they did lose, uh, linebackers. Um, and, uh, Nolan Smith is one of those players that they're not real sure he's going to be on the edge or if he's going to be off the ball or, uh, you know, he's going to be, um, you know, they also are saying a lot about him being in a three, four, uh, you know, he just, to me, the level of product, uh, productivity he had at a really high level in college, you don't ignore that. Uh, this guy, if it would have been after last year, he would have been a top five pick. That's what everyone was saying is that just, if he hadn't gotten injured last year, people would be talking about him up with Carter and Anderson and. I think this makes sense. I mean, it's a, it's a guy, team first guy, uh, super good versatility, just elite athleticism. Um, can kind of step right into a team that needs to needs to find win now guys because the Eagles are still very much in their Super Bowl window. So I think that pick makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and um, you know it, it, he uh, he would he would be a uh, like the Bears um, a pick that is. Uh, worthy of being that high, um, the upside is huge. Super athlete, ex- good, uh, uh, great performance at a high level program. Yeah, just that building block. That, yeah, like I said, I mean that that's a that's a winning player. So I, I could totally see them just plugging him in, and I bet he would make some some impacts on that defense right away. So um, I did want to jump, uh, shift gears real quick. Uh, we're only going to do uh, about five minutes on this because it's uh, 
uh, really this was about Jim and I doing our mock draft. And, um, it, but the Chicago Tribune uh, this week put out a, uh, a primer, if you will, on uh, what they called history lessons. What to expect as GM Ryan Poles and the Chicago Bears swing for the fences in 2023 draft. Uh, Dan Weederer and Brad Biggs um, went back uh, 20 years in history to look and grade out the draft picks that the Bears have made. I found it a very interesting read. I highly recommend you go check it out. Um, now we, I, I, you know, personally disagreed with uh, how they rated some players, and I'm sure you will too. But that wasn't the point. I just wanted. I liked uh, that it uh, that they listed out all the guys um, from the different rounds, and then they assigned to them. Uh, they took a baseball analogy. Um, so the perfect example is. For round one. So, hits in the last 20 years from round one. Tommy Harris, they gave a triple. I certainly agree with that. Yep. If Tommy Harris plays all of 2006, I, I firmly believe that the Bears win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, them losing uh, Tommy Harris right at the end of the season was a killer, especially since the team had already lost Mike Brown. Yep. Uh, they have both of those guys. We were crushed a lot, uh, the, the Colts. I firmly believe that. Um, Kyle Fuller, they gave a double. Yeah, I think that's yeah, about right. It's pretty good. Roquan Smith, double. Mm, okay. He played pretty well for the Bears. Um, Kyle Long, a double. Yeah, okay. Now this one, they gave Greg Olson a single. And, you know, it, it's a shame because that so just, one... He was really good, just not for the Bears. Yeah, he was. And he was actually... Very solid for the Bears. Yeah. I I loved that pick by Jerry Angelo. And I wish the Bears had kept him. I wish the Bears had kept him too, but they listened to Mike Martz, idiot. Yeah. And so, you know, they let go of a Hall of Fame player. Um, so, you know, it, they while they gave him a single, I think that's more of a... a I think that he should have got a double at it's, least simply because that was more on management. Yeah, it's an asterisk because didn't they get Brandon Marshall from him. <laughs> so, uh, that, that was that, worked? that was distant. I think that was distantly related. I think they got the pick they got for Olsen. They then traded for Marshall or something. I know that the yes, two of them were interconnected. That is right. Um, and Marshall, I mean... Because they traded two third-rounders. Yeah, so Marshall was good. I don't know. It's tough to say. I, I Like you said, I, I disagreed at the time with Mike Martz wanting to trade him, and I kind of still disagree with it because Greg Olson had a great career with Carolina. Yeah, and Mike Martz is an idiot. Oh, yeah, I already <laughs> said that part. But um, uh, he also bought in Brandon Manamula. Yeah, that was a mistake. So uh, he that, brought in that tub of lard. That would be a strikeout using, <laughs> using, using this framework. So uh, the rest of the first round real quick, uh, Leonard Floyd, he gave a hit. Rex Grossman, he gave a hit. I know that Bears fans, especially my cousin Neil, uh, absolutely despise Rex Grossman. Um, I'm not of that ilk. I thought that Grossman played pretty well uh, as an NFL quarterback. Um, he, he was on a Super Bowl team. Um, he, he just uh, he just didn't have a very good vision when it came to the, the field as a whole. But um, his, his struggles were certainly not all his own. Uh, that was another team uh, where, uh, you know, there was, uh, we could have used some more pieces. 
Um, really, to me, the, the biggest screw-up of that was drafting Benson when they already had Thomas Jones. But yeah. Mrs. Cedric Bumson. This, this would be a long list. Yep. Uh, Mark Colombo. How about that one? Oh, yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. Uh, Chris Williams. Yeah. I remember when they drafted Chris Williams, I happened to see Mark Rosen that day at a restaurant. And I was like... Uh, that was the day that also the Vikings drafted Bryant McKinney. Mm. So, uh, well, who's, uh, see who got a better deal there. Uh, whiffs. The whiff. Oh, wow. So, this, how, how did Trubisky and Williams not make it into the whiff? <laughs> well, Trubisky actually, if you look at Trubisky's numbers, they're not terrible. Um, uh, the whiffs. Gabe Karimi. Michael Haynes, yeah. the other pick from that draft. Oh, gosh, yeah. So these are guys that just didn't do give you anything. Okay. Shea McClellan. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for drafting Shea McClellan <laughs> when Chandler Jones was on the board. Doesn't Chandler Jones have like the third most sacks since then, <laughs> yes. or something crazy. Like, just had an insane career. And uh, Kevin White. Yeah. Um. The. They also did the no at bat category, and that was for players that they feel they haven't seen enough to uh, give them a, a, a specific listing. They put Justin Fields there, which I thought was interesting because I think that Fields should at least be a single right now. Um, I, I mean, uh, you know, last year, in a lot of ways, he had a really great year. Did he have the passing year that we hoped he would? No, but the rest of the team was terrible. So, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, we, we, we differ a little bit there. Um, so round two, uh, hits, Devin Hester, home run, Charles Tillman, home run, Matt Forte. They gave him a triple. I disagree with that. I think he should be a home run. I think that Matt Forte is one of the most underrated players of the last 20 years. I think if you look closely at his yards from scrimmage, he is borderline a Hall of Fame And, player. like, years where he was, like, literally 40% of the offense. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it was like, who else are they going to give the ball to? Like, he, yeah. like, led the league in rushing yards and receiving he, yards. He has a year where he caught 102 passes. <laughs> I mean, I don't care what running back you're talking about. That's extremely rare. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, double. Cody Whitehair, double. Eddie Goldman, double. Uh, Cole Komet, single. Jaquan Brisker, so we have a rookie appearance, uh, single. Tank Johnson, single. Jalen Johnson, single. Daniel Manning, single. Stephen Paya, single. Now, I, uh, my difference in here is I don't think they should have included the draft class from last year. Yeah. Simply because really right now it's pretty hard to make a determination. While I certainly think that Brisker is at least worth a single, um, I think he has the potential to be a triple. Yeah. So, uh, misses. John Bostic. <laughs> still, in the, still in the league, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he didn't do that much for the Bears, but the guy has like a 12-year career or something right like that right now. No, maybe 15-year career. Yeah. So he, he's doing something right. James Daniels, 
a miss. Anthony Miller. Blech. Yeah, he's listed as a miss. I would have categorized him as a whiff. Yeah. Uh, whiffs. Dan Bazoon. <laughs> like a uh, second round pick on a guy that I don't think ever played a snap. Nope. He didn't play a snap. Uh, Mark Bradley. There was another total whiff. Ego Ferguson, one of my most hated picks ever in Bears history. And Adam Shaheen. <laughs> yeah. That's a whiff. Was he still in the league last year? Uh, I, I think he might have been. I don't think he was. I think he he was up until a couple years ago, but I think he was. I don't think he played last year. Well, and uh, so your no at bat guys were Kyler Gordon and Tevin Jenkins. Now, how do you put Kyler Gordon as a no at bat, but Jaquan Brisker as a single? I, I don't. That doesn't really uh, have uh, continuity there for me. Also, Tevin Jenkins right now. Um, I'm sorry, I have to list Tevin Jenkins as a miss right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, he, you know, he he was picked 34. Yeah. So, we're not talking about... They, they traded up, I think, 12 picks to get him, right? Uh, so, this wasn't like, oh, you know, we just happened to be in the position to draft him. They went up and got him, and so far... He's really just succeeded at not playing any football. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so uh, on to the next. Uh, round three. Um, at round three, uh, Lance Briggs, uh, home run. Uh, David Montgomery, single. Bernard Berrien, Earl Bennett, Dusty Dvorak, Major Wright, Chris Conte. Oh. And Terrence Metcalf Wait, were all listed as singles. Oh, okay. Now you know what he—he he actually. I guess Chris Conte like did play. <laughs> yeah, he, he this they made an interesting note about some of these guys, and Conte's I thought was interesting because he's always going to be remembered forever for the blown coverage uh, on Randall Cobb, which, in my opinion, right after that play happened, I was like, why do they have Conte guarding Randall Cobb? Uh, I think they should have had somebody out there with more speed because at that time, Randall Cobb was fast. Yeah, and that was just a blown coverage. That was just blown. Uh, but anyway, um, that's what he'll always be remembered for. But uh, he, had so, the, he had the pick six against Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, but he said, but they pointed out, so how was he considered a hit? As a late round, third, round three pick, he started 52 games over four seasons for the Bears and had nine interceptions. Yeah. So that's not too bad. Again, where the, where he was drafted. So one of the things I was saying to Jim was, I think that the two guys could have waited it out a little bit better. And when I say waited, given more weight to where they were picked. Uh, you know, as, as if now, if um, Conte had been a middle first round pick, uh, you, you know, whether he was, um, I certainly wouldn't list him as a single. I'd probably list him as a whiff. Uh, but um, but he was a late third round pick. So, you know, that kind of makes sense, right? Uh, uh, misses, <laughs> let's look at the whiffs. Jerron Gilbert, <laughs> whose who's most famous thing is he could jump out of a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, that's not the best attribute you want. Yeah. Herodis Grasso. Oh, man. 
Brandon Harden, who injured himself on his very first I, I, I was play. excited about Hironis Grasso. Uh, Joaquin Iglesias. Oh, man. Who? And Michael Okwo. I mean, wow. Those are some just horrid, horrid players. Um, just a couple of highlights uh, in round four. Nathan Basher, triple, the interceptor. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Jackson, triple. Alex Brown, triple. Uh, they mentioned further down about Alex Brown. Number four on the Bears' all-time sack list. Very cool. I loved Alex Brown yeah, as a player. I like him. And I still love him as a player. He, he, he makes a... Uh, he, he does some you know podcast vlogging kind of stuff really uh, really just fun to listen to um, Kyle Orton a double I loved the pick of Kyle Orton in the fourth round uh, I actually thought he was gonna end up the bear starter um, just some uh, uh, some <laughs> some whiffs in there this one I had to point out for Jim specifically Brock Breen. yeah that was <laughs> I was excited about that one, but that's a miss. Uh, Evan Rodriguez. How about that one? Oh, man. That's one of those guys you're like, yeah, God, it's embarrassing to admit he actually got <laughs> drafted. Uh, fifth round, Adrian Amos, triple. Still, I'm, I, I, you guys know that I'm a big critic of letting him go to Green Bay. That was a huge mistake. Uh, Mark Anderson, a double. Jordan Howard, a double. Corey Graham. Corey Graham was very serviceable for a while. Uh, Darnell Mooney, a double. Johnny Knox, a single. Um, and uh, they, uh, as whiffs, now this is where the names start to get like, who? Claude Harriet? Yeah. A Reese Curry? <laughs> um, oh, a quarterback appearance. Nathan Enderley. Who, by the way, I thought was one of the worst picks uh, I had ever seen. That I couldn't a, believe that. That was a fifth round pick? Yeah. Ugh. Can you believe that? Um, so, uh, anyway, go. you can go look at this uh, further. Um, uh, one name that they did point out, um, who was always a personal favorite in round six, Adrian Peterson. Yeah, he's good. They gave him a triple. It's just a reminder to me of, like, you got to let some of this stuff play out because... All of the guys that are in these misses categories, I guarantee you on draft day, people were saying positive things about them. Yeah. So, I mean, not in every case. Like, everyone kind of knew Adam Shaheen was kind of a weird pick. But for the most part, there's going to be positives and negatives to anybody in the draft. You just got to let it play out on the field. And sometimes things go differently than, I mean, they always go differently than people expect. Yeah, and I mean, when you get down into these rounds, it's like... If you get anything out of them, you you you, you kind of succeeded, you know. Um, seventh round pick, number one listed, Charles Leno, mm-hmm. home run. Yeah, uh, I mean, and uh, Jamarcus Webb, they gave a double to. I, I wasn't a huge fan of Jamarcus Webb, but at the same time, the seventh round pick as the seventh round pick, he did pretty well. Yeah, um, you know, so uh, you know, those are those are players that. Um, Certainly, uh, you know, they made their way, and I, 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 certainly don't, uh, I certainly think that they deserve to get some recognition. So, but uh, anyway, go check out that, uh, go check out that article. Uh, they do talk a little bit about the batting average of, uh, uh, of the, 
of the GMs, Jerry Angelo, uh, 451. Ryan Pace a four twenty nine and Phil Emery a three hundred. Yeah, <laughs> so not 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 very good. No. Um, and uh, you know they also pointed out in here that uh, you know the the best picks uh, from from Pace were in the fifth round, which I, I measured that out before. Fifth round is usually was usually his best, followed by the fourth round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want you want a higher hit rate in the first round. So, uh, quickly, um, the best, they gave out the best top three drafts and the worst three drafts in the last, in, in the last 20 years, uh, 2003, 2016, uh, 2006 and 2004 were your top, um, the, the one that they gave the highest rating for was, uh, Haynes Grossman, which you're like, what? But Followed by Tillman, Briggs, Todd Johnson, who was a solid special teamer, uh, Ian Scott, uh, Bobby Wade, Justin Gage, uh, <laughs> Brock Forsey was in that one. Um, and then the worst three drafts, which were uh, led by, wow, 2011, Gabe Karimi, Stephen Paya. Chris Conte, Nathan Enderley. Is that Angelo's last draft? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that'll get you fired. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's uh, this. That's it for this show. Um, enjoy the draft. We'll enjoy be back the draft. With, uh, a full recap. I think we're planning to record Sunday after the draft. Yeah, but Sunday. Sometime so. around there, we'll have full reaction. So, this is what we've been waiting for. Yep. Bear down. Yeah.